The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to She Talks Health with Sophie Shepard. Today's woman has a lot of questions about their health and lifestyle choices. But where can you get the right answers? The answer is here and the time is now. Here is your host, Sophie Shepard. Hello, ladies. This is Sophie Shepard, your host for the She Talks Health radio show coming back to you today. And I am, as a reminder, just a functional nutrition practitioner and a women's menstrual and digestive health coach. And I just wanted to give a special shout out to the listening audience from the US, Canada, and all over the world tuning in last week. Thanks so much for tuning in. It is uh, my pleasure to serve you in this way. And I am so grateful to you for uh, lending us your time. And if you have any questions or want the latest information on women's health, menstrual and digestive, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at She Talks Health. And today we are going to be exploring a concept and a theme, a recurring theme in my life and in so many of my clients' lives that is so important. And that is the, the root cause of autoimmune disease and what you can do about it. At She Talks Health, we are committed to exposing things about women's health that are not talked about um, and giving people a fresh perspective on tangible ways they can action things in their health. Currently, autoimmune disease is a silent epidemic, maybe not so silent, and currently affects approximately 50 million Americans, 80% of which are women. 80%, ladies, 80 more women are diagnosed each year with autoimmune disease than breast cancer and cardiovascular disease combined. Worldwide, European, Europeans and Scandinavians are already at the rate as Americans and many other countries are on their way up. And today, I have a really special guest and uh, a welcome uh, man on the show. <laughs> we usually have female guest artists. And this is Ryan Monahan. He is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner like me, but he has been at it a bit longer. So he's actually a clinical advisor for the medical director program at my school, FDN. And he's a certified autoimmune protocol coach. So Ryan, welcome to the She Talks Health Show. Thank you so much for having me for that wonderful introduction. Yes, I know. I didn't even, you know, read your bio, but I know you've spent over 10 years um, on your own health journey. And that's actually where I'd really love to start because Ryan and I also um, share something in common as well as being FDNs. We also have Hashimoto's and this is um, an autoimmune disease. I think probably the most common autoimmune disease for women. I'm not sure that's true, but Ryan, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, your story through finding out about Hashimoto's and Maybe maybe right after that, we can talk about, you know, what an autoimmune disease is, because I, I want to make sure the listening audience understands that when we're talking about any particular autoimmune disease, there's certain mechanisms that are similar. So let's start with your story, Ryan. How Tell us about this 10-year journey of yours. I would be happy to share that. And it, and it really started when I was very young and I was dealing with a lot of chronic allergies and constant sinus infection and asthma and you know my my family and friends lovingly referred to me as kind of a bubble boy <laughs> and you know so 
that was something I, I dealt with on an ongoing basis and kind of fast forward to college that started to get progressively worse. And I started experiencing really bad chronic fatigue to the point where in the morning I was having to set three alarms just to wake myself up. And I kind of attributed, attributed that just to burning the candle at both ends. I was working two jobs. I had a full course load. Um, I was also a touring musician at the time. So I, I was really, really pushing it for a lot of years and only getting about four, four hours of sleep a night, probably on average. So I'm sure that that definitely did not help, right? Wow, that's yeah, that's definitely rough. And I I don't want to interrupt your 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 longer story, but before we pressed uh, record, Ryan and I realized that we have way more in common than we realized because I also was a theater nerd and a tour on tours and on Broadway and um, off Broadway. So you know, little secret thing, you know, Ryan and I both didn't start out as health coaches. <laughs> we both were in the entertainment industry, and that life is brutal, especially around sleep. And and stress and adrenaline going. And so it's interesting how we both developed Hashimoto's, but please, please continue past your four hours of a night on, on the road and what came next? Yeah. You know, we both lived that life of, of getting to bed after midnight for, for several years and that can do a number on your, your HPA axis, right? Which we know so well and our, our circadian rhythm and all that. What is the HPA axis, Ryan, for people that don't know what it is? HPA axis is basically in layman's terms, like your stress management system in your body, right? And it actually stands for the hypothalamic pituitary axis. And that, that is like a communication system between your brain and your adrenal glands, which help your body to produce stress hormones in, in times of, of heightened alertness or stress. Fantastic. We're going to come back to the HPA axis and why it's so important with Hashimoto's and many, many autoimmune diseases. But before we do that, this tell us the rest of this story. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So all of these sort of unexplained symptoms kept popping up. I was getting these weird skin lesions on my ears of all places mm. and on my knuckles and on my abdomen, too, I started getting these weird kind of like skin rashes and light pigmentation. My depression started to worsen over time. And I really hid that from people because I didn't know what was going on. And there was a lot of shame around the way that I was feeling. And, you know, that turned into a lot of negative self-talk. What is wrong with me? I should, you know, just kind of pick myself up by the bootstraps and just kind of, mm. you know, just move, you know, kind of power through it, you know? Yeah. Wow. Let's actually pause again. I usually don't do this when someone's telling their story, but there's... Let's do all pausing. Yeah. Let's pause for a second because... I too really struggled with depression during the time of my Hashimoto's diagnosis. And I didn't know that I had Hashimoto's. So I just thought, you know, in addition to, you know, extreme digestive issues and chronic fatigue, as you mentioned, where you just cannot get yourself out of bed and um, the depression and the anxiety was so severe. And I mean, I, I've talked openly about this. There were there were two instances where I did try to um, take my life, and whew, it's hard to talk about. Um, and 
I, I wish I had known at the time what was going on on a f- physiological level. And this is something that I think the listeners can really relate to now because even if you don't have an autoimmune disease or another physiological reason through your gut or, or something else that's causing um, neurological changes like depression, anxiety, we're all as a society experiencing a a level, I think, of anxiety and depression or moments of it right now between Black Lives Matter, coronavirus, being stay at home, many, many changes, losing our jobs. And um, I was reminded yesterday, I was listening to a podcast about how, you know, there are, there are triggers in our world like this, like COVID, like Black Lives Matter, like all these things, losing our jobs that can of course, be a reason for depression and anxiety. And there can also, at the same time, be a compounding issue of a physiological misalignment or something that's going on, whether it be, you know, something in your gut where you're not creating enough neurotransmitters, right? And I love to geek out about that or something like Hashimoto's. And this is why this show is so important to me because really listen to what Ryan's saying. He had a mismatch of ran seemingly random symptoms that combined into eventually this diagnosis of Hashimoto's but on its own he's he's sitting there thinking well I I got to be a man right I gotta (laughs) I gotta pull myself up by the bootstraps so Uh, if you're experiencing that um, I hope that this helps you in that there there could be deeper exploration and maybe it's not just you know your fault or all in your head that you're experiencing these mental health issues can you relate to that Ryan (laughs) I can absolutely relate to that because for so many years, I thought it was a matter of willpower or motivation. And I really beat myself up over it. Mm. And I, I really didn't know where to turn because I felt intuitively that my body was broken. And I, you know, uh, that, that intuition ended up being right. But unfortunately, it took me too many years to actually figure out that it was thyroid related and that there was some physiological dysfunction going on that was at the root of so many of those symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So, okay. So you are um, skin rashes, you know, allergy type things, chronic fatigue, depression um, that you were hiding from people really struggling with inner turmoil. Um, What, what came next? How, how did you finally get to your diagnosis? I know you ended up seeing many doctors. Is that correct? I did. And at one point, everything reached such a, a height that at one point I was actually referred by a specialist of all people. Uh, it was a, my dermatologist actually, who I went to to investigate some of these skin issues. And he referred me out to go to attend a grand rounds at Yale New Haven hospital. And I was, I was living in Connecticut at the time. And so if you're not familiar with the grand rounds, if you ever watched the Simpsons growing up, it's where you know, all the doctors kind of stand around with their clipboards sure. <laughs> and kind of like try to try to tease apart what's going on with you at the same time. So it it wasn't quite like that. They actually went, they came in a room one at a time. Um, and there was a team of like 40 doctors or that they were actually Yale med students. So supposedly the name is uh, best and brightest, right? So I come in with these unexplained skin lesions, brain fog, depression, um, chronic fatigue, right? To the point where at this point I'm sleeping like 12 hours a day. Yeah. Oh not- man, that was the worst. Yeah. And, and no relief, by the way, when yeah. you have Hashimoto's, you don't feel better after you sleep. 
that's the thing. Even though you're getting those 12 hours of sleep, you still don't feel rested, even with that much sleep, right? So yeah. I was just constantly walking around in a, in a total fog. Like you would ask me a question and I would just maybe kind of stare at you because my brain just couldn't even like process what you just said. People probably thought I was like stoned all the time. I don't know. <laughs> You're right. And what, yeah. just not a life to be living at. How old were you in your 20s? Yeah, this, you know, I mean, it, it went, it started even younger than that. It probably started in, in high school, um, but it just, it got to a much worse point in, in college. Um, and that's where I started seeing dermatologists, rheumatologists, uh, ear, nose and throat specialists, therapists. I mean, it was just like this endless list. And I was put on all kinds of, you know, um, every antihistamine drug under the sun that you can imagine, Singular, Zyrtec, Allegra, Mm. um, all these different inhalers and antibiotics for my skin issues and creams and ointments. And um, it was just, and and, and there was no relief for for any of it, right? Like nothing worked, right? Mm. Um, So what, what was interesting is as an outcome of that grand rounds at Yale New Haven Hospital was that I was given uh, a summary report, which essentially said in kind of medical language that we don't know. <laughs> like mm. we, we have no idea what's going on with you. Um, and, you know, something like he appears to be in generally good health, kind of like the, the sort of replacement answer for what you typically hear from a, from a doctor, which is what so many people here, especially women dealing with autoimmune conditions, which is that, um, you know, everything's fine, right? Labs look normal, everything's fine. That classic line, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. This is where Sophie gets to say, I have the utmost respect for doctors. And this is exactly why we need FDNs and people like this in the world, because we don't think that just because your labs look normal, that everything is fine. If you have brain fog and skin lesions and depression and chronic fatigue and histamine issues and all these things, these are signs from the body that there is something to pay attention to, right? Something to pay attention to. So you're being told by the best and brightest 40 male, uh, 40 male, 40 Yale med students, that everything's fine, but you feel terrible. Oh uh, yeah, I, I feel just awful. Nothing's functioning. Nothing's working right. And what you know, a way to feel disempowered! Like, what do you do next? <laughs> yeah, it was it was totally just disempowering, and like it was like okay, like well, I, I mean, I really was hopeful going into that. Sure. Day, you know, hoping to uncover something, right? I kind of wanted at that point. I wanted some kind of diagnosis. I wanted to. I wanted some kind of confirmation in my mind that it wasn't all in my head and that I wasn't crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. When I was going through my Hashi's diagnosis, I, uh, my doctor at the time said to me, she listened to all these very similar um, complaints. Uh, and she just said, well, you're, you're probably just depressed. So mm, yeah. you know, maybe go see a therapist or get on a, on a medication. I got, I got that line all the time too. I also got this line a couple of times. I won't name names, but I was told, you know, you just need to lift weights. Uh, <laughs> as, as a very serious answer or anecdote to what I was going through. Um, and, you know, and don't get me wrong. Like, of course, that's going to be, that's going to have tremendous benefits for your health. Sure. Like strength training. Boost your testosterone. Boost your testosterone and increases 
brain-derived neurotropic fa factor, which is like fertilizer for your brain. So mm -hmm. it can actually prevent or slow down neurodegenerative diseases, sort of thing. Um, the, I mean, the, the list is endless, right? The benefits of ex exercise. But what I was going through is far beyond just um, lift, like, you know, lifting my way out of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a very, um, it's kind of like when, when a woman goes in with, you know, PCOS and she's insulin resist resistant in uh, PCOS and she's overweight and, and someone says, well, we'll just lose weight. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, how, what do I do? How do I do this? What yeah. do I do next? And as FBNs, and I'm sure you know this well, that the, the mantra of diet and exercise for weight loss is pretty tired. And yeah. there's, there's far more to it. You know, when we're talking about weight loss, we're talking about hormone issues, we're talking about toxins, right? Um, we're talking about nutrient deficiencies and the health of the microbiome. Um, so yeah, not so simple. It's just, uh, can you just, you know, just restrict your calories and, and exercise more? <laughs> Yeah. So, so I know I went through this. It was kind of like, I'm hearing this, but I don't feel this. And so, um, what did you, how did you find your answer or what, how long did this go on before you were able to start feeling better? Sadly, after that grand rounds at Yale New Haven hospital it was probably about another, I'm going to say roughly five years before I was actually diagnosed. And, and in between that period, things were still getting worse and worse um, to the point where my depression was so bad that I started to experience a lot of disassociation. Like I didn't feel, I felt like, I guess the best way to explain it was that I felt like more of an observer in the world and not a part of it. And just, just everything just felt like it was like this slow motion movie and like everything was just tinged with sadness and, and not to get all like emo, but like, that's kind of just like, I, I felt like I was just in this really sad movie all the time. Um, it's okay to get emo on the She Talks Health show because this is, you know, yeah, this is our life. This is our story. This is real. And, you know, I'm so tired of everyone sugarcoating everything around mm -hmm. our health. It's, you know, it's not normal to feel that way. That's not how human beings should be living their life. Like the shadow of themselves disassociated. Man, I see this so often. I'm sure you do too with, with clients that come in, this disassociation. Um, I, I'm going to just throw this out there too, because I think it may be helpful for some of your listeners that I, there was definitely a period of mourning where it took me a while to get over all the years that I've lost. So I often have said that I feel like I lost my entire twenties that, that, you know, should have been some of the best years of my life that I lost to chronic fatigue and depression and just kind of like laying in bed, wondering what was wrong with, with my health. Um, and that is certainly no way to live and nobody deserves that. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll get more into this, but part of the reason I became a functional health practitioner and why I'm so passionate about what I do is because I want to be the person that I wish that I had for me, like, like that, that had, that had these answers that would take the time to look at every aspect of my health and really, and really listen. That's because, right. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's, if you dig into some of the statistics and, and I'm sure many people have experienced this, but the average doctor visit is between seven and 10 minutes long. I mean, and don't get me wrong, like you said before, I have tremendous respect for medical professionals and what they do. And 
And part of the problem is, is not the doctors, it's the system. Absolutely. I was just talking to an MD about this and, um, who has gone through chronic, chronic conditions and, and, sh- and she's a primary care physician. And so she was, she was explaining how even being a PCP, she, she, the West kind of, we'll call it Western medicine model didn't really work for her. Um, and so it's been kind of an interesting challenge for her. And, you know, I don't know what the solution is. That's like a whole other <laughs> 40 million hour radio show. Um, but yeah, I think they're not set up for success. I mean, who has the time to go and research and figure out stuff? It's easier to say, I don't know, or to pick a symptom like depression and be like, well, that's something that's treatable, right? That's something that you can take a med for. And maybe you do, did need that as well. But there could have been, there, there was clearly many, many other issues. And another thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I think you kind of got into it was just this kind of feeling of losing part of your life, um, you know, years of your life and the amount of emotional trauma that goes into having an autoimmune disease like Hashimoto's or like anything that kind of debilitates you. And how do we move past that? How did you get on the other end of that emotionally? Uh, I know I've had my journey with it too. I'm curious how you how you let go of the fact that that happened for 10 years and, and now you're here. <laughs> yeah, so I have a couple answers to that. The first would be in recognizing the Hashimoto's as a gift. And had I not received that Hashimoto's diagnosis, then I, I never would have had this tremendous appreciation for health that I now do. And I, and it wouldn't given me this really fulfilling career to be able to work with people from all over the country and help them to get back to normal and help them sort out their health issues. So it, it ended up being very trans transformational for me and helped me to re-examine every aspect of my life, my diet, my lifestyle, even my, my thought patterns and, you know, re-examining how trauma may have played into my own health condition you know, re-examining some of my own self-reinforcing negative thought patterns, right? So it really ended up being the beginning of a a new health journey that was really transformative for me. So the the other way that um, this ended up being really transformative for me was in in, – Actually, I just kind of lost my train of thought. My apologies. Okay. Construction noise. <laughs> Ryan just moved, right? There's a little construction going on. I well, what I will just say is I will jump in and save you. Um, <laughs> is, I'll, come back to it. I'll come back to it. Um, is just I I will just echo what you said, and and that is I am whenever I have a <clears throat> if I have a flare or a day where I'm feeling more fatigued and I get freaked out, like oh no, my Hashimoto's is you know, rearing his ugly head or something like that. I try to keep in perspective the, 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 the debt of gratitude that I have to, to having this diagnosis and the, the journey I went through so that I could find myself. I think um, for, for women listening, um, and Ryan, I, I don't want to exclude men from this. I don't know what your experience with this is. As a young person, 22, being di- diagnosed with Hashimoto's, and going through this, I I was also in an emotionally abusive uh, relationship where I was living with a partner who was verbally abusing me on a, on, a, on a daily basis. And I talked about this more on the second episode of She Talks Health. And 
you know, building my health back up through functional nutrition and functional medicine gave me strength to build my mental health up and my spirituality and my Sophie-ness and become the woman that I am today instead of relying on what I thought other people needed and wanted from me. And I, I hear this so often from women in my community that they're, they are people pleasers. And um, I have this theory without making anyone feel bad that our, our health issues are sometimes our self-love issues because we don't ever get taught how to take care of ourselves. Now, there is, of course, environmental triggers and other things like that, but you know, stress plays such a huge role in this and how disease shows up in our body. So I, I really um, thank you for going deep with me on, on the mental toll that this takes and, and how it can show up in the body physically. Did you remember what your second thing was before we go to break? <laughs> Actually, everything you said was just so beautiful and, and reminded me of, of what I was thinking about my own journey. And, and that is that it, it totally led me on this journey of self-love and, and self-responsibility, right? So years ago, I heard on a Chris Kresser podcast, I, I heard him say that your, your illness is not your fault, yeah. but it is your responsibility, and what, when just hearing those words, it just felt like this tremendous weight being lifted off of me. Right? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and it, it really did lead me to an understanding that I, I did have to take my health into my own hands and I had to learn how to love myself and respect myself. And, and again, it led me down this truly transformational journey of, of kind of reexamining every aspect of myself and, and also learning to create boundaries with other people. You know, yes. I, I really had a, a problem with that. We can, <laughs> I'm sure that's a, that's a topic you've gone into on your show before. Um, um, and yeah, just kind of cutting out toxic relationships yeah. and drawing those boundaries can be a really important part of the healing process. So tough. I have a client right now going going through some some really tough menstrual health issues, um, and she she's having really painful periods. And um, you know, her family and friends haven't been as supportive as she thought they would. And I, I know that that's really taking a toll on her. And she obviously can't cut out everyone in her life, but um, you, you have to find ways to figure out where people fit. I think into your life, like well, what what role do they play? And maybe this isn't the topic you talk to them about. Maybe there are other people. And I think. If you are suffering with autoimmunity, whether it be Hashimoto's or something else, and you're listening to this, there are so many communities out there that are talking about this that know how you feel um, truly. Whether even if you don't have a diagnosis, there are communities out there um, like mine and Ryan's where um, we help you through it, but also the people that are going through it right now can help you. So um, we have a couple minutes before break. I'd love to hear. Did you ever feel like this became your story? You know, like you're the, the chronically sick person and how did you break through that? And if we don't have a minute, if you can't explain it in a minute, we'll do it when we get back from the break. <laughs> yeah, I can quickly say that initially there was this kind of shock because uh, I didn't even know like what is the thyroid? What the hell is Hashimoto's, right? So I, I kind of had to really, it took me some time to really assimilate that and absorb that information. But... I, I, we can talk about this more certainly after the break. I, you know, I, I didn't want to be that person that just was the sick person that was the person with an autoimmune diagnosis. Um, and 
there's, there's much more to life than that, right? The purpose of healing is so you can get beyond that and then, and then ultimately live your best life and to start that business or go on that trip overseas or to start a family or, you know, whatever that is, right? Um, it's not just about not having symptoms. It's about living your most optimal life. Thank you for dropping that before our <laughs> with the time. That's really great. And I, I 100% agree. It's very easy to fall into a pattern where your sickness is your story and it doesn't have to be. So thank you for that. When we come back, we're going to pick Ryan's brain about how he got to a place where he's not only surviving, but he's thriving uh, with an autoimmune disease that he and I were both told, you know, you'll have this forever. This is your lot in life. And, you know, this is what you're going to be doing. So when we come back, we'll go into a little bit more of the clinical side of things. How does autoimmunity develop in the first place? And what could you do about it? So this is Sophie on She Talks Health, um, and we will be back right after the break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Sophie Shepard is a functional nutrition practitioner and founder of She. Sophie helps busy women all over the world go from hormonal chaos to optimal hormonal alignment so they can live their lives fully without being held back by their bodies. Using the power of functional lab testing combined with life-changing mindset shifts and integrating the entire body's system. If the only thing holding you back is your health, it's time to stop letting hormonal chaos run your world. Book your health discovery call today by going to shetalkshealth.com. Are you done medicating and guessing your way through the exhaustion, pain, and irritability caused by hormonal and digestive health issues? Sophie Shepard, founder of She, will help you go from symptom-ridden and confused to finally having clarity about how your hormones work and confidence in your health strategy in just 10 days. If you are ready to stop living with no energy, brain fog, anxiety, digestive issues, and painful periods, then check out the 10-Day Digestive and Hormone Reboot at SheTalksHealth.com. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAMHealth. That's at VoiceAMHealth. are listening to she talks health if you have a question or comment about the show send an email to sophie at she-nyc.com that's sophie at she-nyc.com now back to she talks health welcome back ladies this is sophie shepherd your host for she talks health on voice America. And we have Ryan Monahan, who is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, like me, an FDNP, and a clinical advisor for the medical director program at FDN. Ryan spent over 10 years visiting more than 40 health professionals to find answers to his chronic health complaints. And he was finally diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's. We have been talking about his journey through the ups and downs of seeing many, many doctors not getting his answer and 
how that made him feel, the the mental impact, the depression that we've both been through uh, because of that. And so if you didn't catch the first part of the episode, I, I would definitely go back if you are struggling with, um, you know, any smattering of re- seemingly random symptoms, including mental health um, things and need some support on that. And the second half of the show, we're really going to dive into, you know, what is autoimmunity and what if anything, can we do about it? How are Ryan and I kind of managing things these days and not just managing, but thriving and try to give you some practical tips and just education around it. So um, we'll try to stay at a geeky level that <laughs> you can all relate to. But if there's ever any questions, uh, please always reach out to me. I- I'm happy to uh, help answer that at Sophie at she-nyc.com. So Ryan, welcome back to the show. Back here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So let's kick things off really like kind of base level. You know, what is autoimmune disease and how can somebody, I know there's some things that I've, I've read about why it's so prevalent. Uh, could you start with, with that for, for the listening audience? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. So an autoimmune disease is a condition in which you have lost self-immune tolerance, which means your immune system's ability to distinguish between a pathogen, a toxin, or an antigen, and your body's own self-tissue. So the root of the word auto actually means self. So an autoimmune condition is a self-immune condition, meaning that you've actually developed antibodies against tissue uh, in your own body, whether that's the thyroid or whether that's nerve cells or, or collagen or, you know, various different tissue throughout the body, depending on the autoimmune condition at hand. But it's basically a situation where your immune system's gone a little haywire and it has started more or less kind of attacking your body's own tissue. Yes, that's that's really helpful, especially the last pit is probably the, the most understandable because people might not even know what an antibody is. Um, and in the news, both actually, what, would you explain what that is, an antibody, so that people can hear that? Because I think it's been all over the news, too, with COVID, right? Right. So antibodies are part of your adaptive immune system, and it's a way for your body to sort of catalog, uh, create like a, a catalog of, of, of pathogens in your body, <clears throat> which means that your immune system has a memory so that it doesn't have to keep learning to address or remove the same you know, virus or antigen or pathogen over and over again or whatever it might be. So your body can form these, these, uh, these antigens or antibodies, sorry, and, and your immune system has what's called B cell memory in creating these antibodies as a way to catalog a, a list of, of pathogens so that when you're presented with that same pathogen or antigen going into the future, your immune system can immediately identify it. So in the case of autoimmune disease, your immune system has more or less identified, let's use Hashimoto's in this example, it has identified, let's say, a protein in the thyroid, such as thyroglobulin, and the immune system has identified that protein as an antigen. So you know, typically speaking, the the higher the antibody count, the more it suggests that there's going to be an infiltration of of cytokines and and, and innate immune cells, you know, attacking that particular protein or tissue. 
And you just use another word that maybe people don't know, which is cytokine. So could you please explain what that is? Yeah, cytokine is basically just a signaling molecule within the immune system. And cytokines can signal different kinds of inflammatory responses. Perfect. Yeah. So if we're going to define inflammation, it's really just like an influx of a whole bunch of sentinel cells in your immune system. So sentinel cells being like the first responders. So these are things like, you know, not to say you need to memorize any of these, but things like neutrophils and macrophages, these are the first responders responders in our immune system that come in and they shoot little chemical bullets at pathogens and antigens and things like that, or they'll actually engulf them. Mm-hmm. Um, a process called phagocytosis, but it's actually kind of just like engulfing, um, like surrounding the, the invader, right? It's kind of just like... Um, surrounding the pathogen and removing it from the system. Yeah. So let's, let me kind of sum that up because I will never use those words that you just used because you're like 15 bajillion times smarter than me. Um, (laughs) I've been doing this so much longer. So, um, so for, for, for listening audience, um, this is such a good, such a great explanation from Ryan. And I think the thing that always helped me was visual visual learning. And I always thought of it as, you know, your immune system is supposed to be there to protect your body from a foreign invader. You know, um, right now there's a lot of talk around COVID-19. So it's probably the most prevalent for people like, okay, you know, attack a virus that comes in, you know, it's the same thing when you get sick with a cold that your immune system is fighting really hard. That's why you want to have a, a really strong immune system. But with autoimmunity, what can happen is it kind of, it goes a little haywire and it starts um, creating a lot of inflammation in the body. And inflammation is really the root cause of many, many disease um, diseases in the world. So we've got this immune system that's going crazy and this inflammation that's going everywhere in our body. And it's choosing some place like the thyroid or some other part of our body. There's many autoimmunity, autoimmune diseases. Um, and, and that's where it's maybe focusing its attack. And this can cause, you know, the disease state to develop. So usually it takes a, quite a while for, for you to be going through that process of infl- inflammation in the body to develop an autoimmune disease. Like Ryan said, it took him 10 years to get a diagnosis, right? I had had digestive issues for seven years um, before, you know, my Hashimoto's reared its ugly head and I probably had it longer than I thought. So um, I hope that sums it up to as a, just a, another way of thinking about it. Um, you know, another simple way of saying it too, is just that it's an autoimmune condition is like a, is like a hyperactive immune system, right? It's, it's almost working too hard. Right. Yeah. And so we want inflammation in the body. So inflammation I think this is helpful because it, it often gets a bad rap mm-hmm. because inflammation is at the root of so many different health conditions, but also without inflammation, we would essentially, we would die, right? The inflammation is our immune system's way of protecting us, right? Okay. So like many things in the body, like hormones, for example, as well, with the immune system, there's really this Goldilocks zone where we don't want too little inflammation and we don't want too much of it, right? And in many case, in most cases with autoimmune conditions, it's that we've got too much inflammation, right? And right. We, got, we have to kind of tame it down a little bit. Exactly. So can we talk about where these, this inflammation comes from? How, how does the, the immune system start 
creating too much of this inflammation. What's this process like? Like in terms of leaky gut and all those other things, genetics, like, you know, many people are like, well, why did this happen to me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've recently started referring as inflammation as sort of like a death by a thousand cuts. Mm -hmm. That there can be so many different sources of inflammation. And what we do as FDNs and functional health practitioners is try to identify those sources of inflammation with functional lab work and to coach down those sources of inflammation. So some of the most common culprits are going to include, you know, we'll always start with inflammatory foods in the diet. So we know that some of the most inflammatory foods are going to be gluten, dairy, soy, sugar, and alcohol, right? There there are other ones you can identify as well, but those tend to be the most common. Then we can look at things like pathogens or infections in the gut, right? So things like parasites, H. pylori, uh, yeast and fungal overgrowth, um, dysbiosis, right? Which is essentially just bacterial overgrowth, right? All of these gut infections or gut bugs can be sources of inflammation and leaky gut in the system, right? Then you have your whole umbrella of toxins and that can, that's a pretty broad term, right? That can encompass heavy metals, mold toxins, glyphosate from, which is from pesticides, uh, BPA, which comes from plastics. Then you have all of the toxins that can be included in personal care products like phthalates and sodium lauryl sulfate and parabens, right? There's, there's a whole list of these kind of endocrine disrupting chemicals in the environment, which we can get exposed to. So I don't say all this to scare someone and say you have to go living under a rock, but at the same time, we're really exposed to an unprecedented number of toxins than we were say even 50 or a hundred years ago. So I, I often say that disease is sort of a mismatch between our genetics and the modern environment, right? So if you just go back a hundred years, we would have been living a much different uh, lifestyle and it would have been a pretty kind of quote unquote clean lifestyle just by default, right? So we were eating right out of our gardens. We were getting plenty of sunlight. We weren't exposed to all the same amount of toxins. We had much closer knit communities and all of these things help to promote our health without even really thinking much about it. So what that means in order to live optimally in the modern environment, we do have to kind of swim uphill a little bit and try to sort of turn back the clock and replicate some of these ancestral practices. This is so great. And thanks for, um, I can hear your, I can hear your construction happening now. Um, (laughs) um, Thanks for explaining kind of, I I think it can be very overwhelming, right? You just said all these things that people potentially need to change and how do I start and what do I do and what do I pull on? And I think Ryan and I both believe that there could be a time of deep healing as Ryan and I both have had to go through where we've removed pathogens from the gut. We've taken out those really inflammatory foods completely. You know, maybe we've done deep dives into heavy metals, things like that. And that is important maybe to do if you're really at a place where your body is in a shutdown mode. But then there are are things that you find are levers in your in your health that are most important for you to pull. You know, so so 
just know that it, it doesn't always have to be so, so, so overwhelming. And, and I, I love that you explained how we got here as a society, not just, you know, today, but this is over many, many decades of our lifestyle just changing. And it is a little bit more challenging now for us. I mean, there's more to it, um, just the way our, our society is set up. Right. And, you know, you don't have to pull on every single one of these levers all at once, right? It took me many, many years to make all of these changes and adjustments to my lifestyle, right? Um, so we're all works in progress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're just working on improving your life by just 1% every day, then by the end of the year, you are, you know, 365% improved, right? So I, I often think of, you know, how can we shrink the changes in our life? And just, just making that kind of 1% change or effort every day can, can produce tremendous results. There's, the, there's a Tanzanian proverb that says, little by little, a little becomes a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think it would maybe be helpful, though, if, if someone you know, were to come to your, your office, for example, uh, or, you know, and say, I've got all these things, and maybe they have a diagnosis of an autoimmune d- disease that they've been told they're, they're going to have for the rest of their life, and they're going to have to take medication forever. I mean, where would you start? What would you, what would you do to help them just immediately off the off, maybe to help them feel better? Um, and then in longer term, one of the first things I, I will do with my clients dealing with autoimmune conditions is an elimination style diet. Mm-hmm. And that, that was tremendously helpful in my own healing journey was going on the autoimmune paleo diet. So this was actually before I became an FDN practitioner. I had been doing a lot of self-study and I came across the work of Mickey Trescott, Angie All, and Sarah Valentine at, from Autoimmune Wellness and I actually uh, hired Mickey Trescott. She was my first person. Oh my goodness. She's amazing. <laughs> She's amazing. She's great. She's a good friend. And yeah, she really helped me kind of troubleshoot some of the ins and outs of the AIP diet. But just, you know, eliminating some of those more inflammatory foods while also at the same time incorporating a lot more nutrient density in my diet. So between things like organ meats and bone broth and fermented foods, that was really helping to promote gut health and healing. And I noticed within weeks a tremendous improvement in my energy and reduction in my brain fog and, and all of that kind of good stuff. So and I will just, I'll just echo that I had the same exact experience with my functional medicine doctor at the time. We did an extreme elimination diet. We took all, all the foods. Uh, we took out gluten, dairy, soy, sugar, alcohol, corn, um, trying to think what else, all the main things, peanuts, legumes, all the things that could maybe cause issues um, for three months. Yep. Yeah. Three same, months. Same, same yeah. And I, I do want to just emphasize too, that I realized someone could hear this and go like, Oh, how am I, how on earth am I going to remove all those foods from my diet? Right. Yes. But, but keep in mind, it is not a life sentence. I do see a lot of people making the mistake of staying on an elimination diet for far too long. And I, I just want to emphasize that this is just a reset, right? We're trying to arrive at a point where we're reducing the overall threshold of inflammation, giving our immune system a chance to, to calm down while also promoting healing in the body too, right? We, we tend to emphasize the foods we're removing and not the ones that we're adding to the diet, right? Mm-hmm. And so in doing so, we can also determine what foods work best for our system and when we start to do some of those reintroductions, 
um, you know, some of them might not go so well. And we, you know, we might have to revisit that at a later time. But then a lot of foods that we re reintroduce into the diet, uh, we might do very well with. And we don't want to be afraid of introducing foods that are otherwise healthy for our system. And getting a lot of diversity in the diet is, is very important for the health of our microbiome and our gut health. Absolutely. Thanks for, for going into that. Yeah, I, I really agree. You know, elimination diets, things like that, they're, they're therapeutic tools. They're not things to stay on for the rest of your life. There are certain food triggers that I know I can't do. Like I cannot do dairy, cow's, cow's milk dairy, and I can't do gluten. Um, and I don't do great with soy. You know, those three for me are, are pretty consistent. But I can have, you know, grains and other legumes as long as I cook them well, you know, and I have them in moderation, just like with everything else. So, okay. So that's a really good place for people to start. Um, if they felt better, um, would they just leave it there or where else would they want to look to support their autoimmunity? Yeah, po they possibly might just leave it there, right? It really depends on the, the kind of concurrent state of your health, right? And so everyone's in a different phase in their journey. However, a lot of clients that come to me have tried an AIP diet and they don't necessarily feel better and they have hit a wall with their symptoms. And in which case, it's typically the case that what's going on is they're, they're still dealing with a whole bunch of hit, what, what we call hidden stress in the body, right? So, a lot of people might come to me and say, you know, why isn't this working? Why I'm eating the, you know, the most paleo grass fed, wild caught, free range, local vor diet <laughs> in the world, right? Like I'm doing everything perfect and I'm still not feeling better. And that's not abnormal for that to happen. And when I see that, what's, what's typically going on is that underneath the surface, they're dealing with hormone imbalances and gut infections and toxins and food sensitivities, Right. So diet is just one lever, right? It's, it's foundational and it can do a lot of the heavy lifting, but it's for every person, it, it's not necessarily going to work. And that's where you need to hook up with a practitioner and do some of that deeper investigative work. Absolutely. I 100% I, I agree. There's there's a limit. I mean, sometimes it's just that simple. It's just a diet change or getting to sleep, right? I mean, we didn't really talk about sleep and stress, but you know, stress has a huge, huge, huge impact on the way our, our gut is, chronic inflammation, leaky gut, which can definitely be a component to autoimmune disease. And just that HPA axis dysregulation that you mentioned earlier can be a contributing factor to autoimmune disease. So, Okay, so we've covered diet. Maybe let's talk about some of those other dress items. We call them dress, everybody. So diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. I mean, maybe let's talk about supplementation because everyone wants to take a supplement, right, to fix <laughs> their autoimmunity or their, their condition or this or that. So how do you use supplements in your practice? What do you recommend for people um, in terms of how to approach the idea of supplements? So I will say right off the bat that it does take a highly individualized approach. So it's really hard to make blanket recommendations, yes. you know, so I would never say to somebody without doing lab testing and without knowing their health history that, oh yeah, you have an autoimmune disease, you should be taking vitamin D and zinc. Uh, yeah, I wish it was that simple, but you, you could actually be doing more harm than good. So just one example off the cuff since I mentioned zinc and you know not to go too deep into clinical details or anything like that but if you're dealing with copper toxicity in the body which a lot of women are actually dealing with and they probably don't know it 
uh, especially if they've been on birth control for many years that can contribute to copper toxicity. Um, if you're taking zinc, you can, you can start aggressively pushing copper out of the body and end up with copper dumping syndrome, right? And, and that could be really, really unpleasant. And that can be the result of something as seemingly benign as a zinc supplement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so not trying to freak anyone out or scare anyone or anything, anything like that, but, but I really do think it takes this highly individualized approach, right? I, I agree on the supplement thing. And I think that that's really important because I hear a lot from people will come in and say, oh, I, I saw the supplement on Instagram. So I just started taking it. <laughs> and that's really, it can be really dangerous. So I would definitely say doing some testing and getting, um, working with a practitioner if you need to is, is helpful for, for supplements for sure. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing about supplements is that in the absence of, of diet and lifestyle change and behavior, that supplements will just give you expensive pee, right? So if you're not willing to eat a nutrient-dense diet and to work on your sleep hygiene and to get an appropriate amount of movement and exercise and to reduce stress in your life, cut out toxic people, draw all those boundaries in your life, right? All that kind of stuff, you know, um, you'll hear people criticize supplements, right, Um, all the time um, and that they don't work. Um, and I would agree. Yeah. They, they're not going to do anything if you're still eating Cheetos and getting to bed at one, one in the morning every night. Right. Uh, so it, it really needs to, it re- really does require this synergistic and comprehensive approach. Oh, thank you so much for that. Cause we're, we're almost out of time, which makes me so sad. Cause I know you and I would talk about this all day yeah. if we could. So, so let's just sum it up and then let people know where they can find you, Ryan. So for autoimmunity, here are some ideas from, from, my, from myself and from Ryan. You know, you could try an elimination diet. Um, things like gluten, dairy, soy, sugar, and alcohol are the most common culprits. Um, you also might want to Google, do some researching on nightshades, grains, and legumes, and how they impact um, you know, the body Um, and looking into pathogens, infections in the gut that you mentioned, leaky gut is another really big one. Um, And then the umbrella of toxins, heavy metals, you know, do you have metal in your mouth? Um, Even that's a big thing. Mold, a lot, there's a lot of mold out there. Um, Glyphosate, which is sprayed on uh, any food that is not organic, pretty much has glyphosate on it. And it's also something that we just have in our that with BPA, we, we just, it's, it's kind of ubiquitous. It's everywhere. So even good detoxing pathways can be really supportive. Um, also looking at how much plastic use you have in the home and personal care items, um, like the things you put on your face and on your hair, all of these things can be really important, you know, making sure you get some sunlight and some fresh air. And I think that that kind of sums up where Ryan and I would both agree that that's where we would start um, if, if one wasn't feeling well um, with or without the diagnosis of autoimmunity. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Ryan, I want to keep talking to you forever. Where can people find you? Well, let's definitely do it again soon. There's yes. so much more to talk about, but people can find me at themindfulnutrivore.com and that same handle at Facebook and Instagram. Fantastic. So Ryan Monahan, um, 
thank you so much for coming on the show today. I, I look up to you. You're amazing. Thank you for being a mentor. And if um, if you guys have resonated with this episode, please share it with someone who you think needs it. This allows more women to hear this information and to to really just optimize their health. That's all the show is about. So this is Sophie Shepard. Thank you, Ryan, so much. And Pleased to be yeah. here. Yeah, I'm pleased to have you too. And we'll be back next week for another show on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week for She Talks Health. Please join Sophie Shepard again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time for another episode of our show on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.